0: Today is episode 108 of the Run, Eat, Sleep Show with Tommy Runs, and I am Tommy Runs. Today's episode is 108, like I said, and it's with Emily Abadi. I've been following Emily for some years now. Uh, Followed her on Instagram first, and then I found out that she does the Hurdle Podcast, which is a legendary podcast. The Hurdle Podcast is designed and aimed to empower women because generally, so many of us feel like we're alone in these journeys. Uh, we're alone in our thoughts and our feelings and all that stuff but the hurdle podcast and some others like it are designed specifically to show you and tell you that you are not but then also help you find ways to feel more empowered to feel more free in your journey to like explore and see what's going on out there and see how to get to the best version of yourself in the hurdle podcast is exactly that it is designed to empower women but when i tell you you could go and listen to any of the episodes and all the amazing guests and you will pull something from it no matter what gender you are go check it out it's amazing i had to have her on the show i had to talk to her i had to learn a little bit more about emily body and this is it i didn't realize that i was going to walk away from this with a notepad full of things not to tell you about but to go do about do myself literally filled with gems of ways that just i'll just talk about me that i could be better that I could go to the next level that I could be more consistent The way to to control my day start off right, do the morning routine do all the things tap in with this episode, hopefully you love it hopefully you're running, if you're not you're cleaning or you're working or something productive, but then this will have you ready to do more because I got off the episode, the interview with her and I'm like, yo, I gotta figure things out I looked at my dog and I was like, yo, we gotta do something better around here, and right now she's over on her bed and she's doing her thing because normally she'd be on the on the you know what i'm gonna let you do that listen to this episode because i'm not gonna start rambling about my dog and how we've stepped it up a level since we talked to emily we yes she was listening she was there um all right guys check out the episode make sure you subscribe to the hurdle podcast make sure you follow emily abadi on instagram follow the runny sleep on instagram subscribe to this podcast you guys are the best see you in a minute get your notepads or your note app ready yo yo how are you doing
1: i'm good how are you doing
0: doing great so i feel like i just saw you um i think I think we did see each other recently. I think I was running in the marathon in New York City. You are um, for those of you listening that don't know what the New York City Marathon is. Um it's just it's a small race that happens every year. Um it goes through a few boroughs of, of New York City. Um and Emily is probably one of the only people out there like watching. So it was really cool to see. You.
1: The only person on the entire yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. It was me. It was me.
0: Uh, and then I saw you at a at a at a after party. Um, it residence it was residence after party, right? It was. Yeah, it was, that place was packed.
1: It was packed. I I got there on the later side of things. I was trying to to see everyone, but it was a really nice vibe in there. Resident Runners does a good job.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was it was actually it was great. Like I can't you know because I went to a I went to a, a couple parties that night. That was the second one, um, and I enjoyed it. I was like, okay, cool. Like I like this vibe. You know, it wasn't like a. Oh, and they had, um. who was the DJ? Oh, just uh, Blaze. Just Blaze. I was tripping. Like, wait a minute. like, Because I didn't see that it was him. And then I was upstairs. And I'm like, we're all just kept, kept commenting. Like, whoever the DJ is, is crushing <laughs> it. And it was like all Just Blaze stuff. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's it was great. great. Good vibes. Um, How's it feel, though, to be when the, because I know you go to a bunch of different races all over the country and world. Um, how's it feel to be home though? Like to have um, you know, once a year, like home, it's you, it's like your home race.
1: The home race is the best race. I think, uh, to be here in New York and have the opportunity to support so many people that I love doing this thing that I love is really special. And mm. the energy in New York, I'm biased. It's always awesome. But on marathon day, It really is just truly the most electric, wonderful day of the year.
0: Yeah. And then like, so it's like, it's probably, is it like exhausting, as exhausting for you as it is for folks like that come in, like that aren't like, because like by the end of it, by Monday, I'm like, yo, it's time to go home. You know.
1: by Saturday i was like <laughs> before even the marathon i was just really uh, immersed in a lot of different events and really wanted to make time to support everyone that i care about whether it be yeah. individuals that were running or brands that were hosting different events friends that were hosting events on behalf of brands and so mm-hmm. uh by saturday my voice was really rough i was exhausted i ended up calling off a dinner that night, uh, hitting the sheets at seven twenty, sleeping until seven 20 the next day. And then I was up and ready to cheer on the marathon.
0: Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it, you gotta, I'm sure like a bunch of five hour energy drinks or something like that happens with, maybe not for you. Cause you're like, you know, you're, you're, you're worried about health or whatever, but <laughs> I could just imagine like the sales of Red Bull in um, five hour energy that weekend.
1: <laughs> I've got a a Red Bull or two in my fridge right now, but uh, for me, it's it's a good cup of coffee in the morning that definitely helps me start off things right. That and AG One.
0: Okay, all right, no, I, I like that because I was actually in a hotel where AG One was,
1: oh. and
0: and I was like, oh, this is, I, you know you're doing good in life when you just happen to be on the elevator where like where or AG One's doing their thing. You know? You're doing it right. You're doing it right. Um, so about you. Emily Abadi. So I started running in like 2018. And I think like I started getting like into like running podcasts, probably like 2019, maybe 2020. And your podcast obviously um, is in that realm. Um, But I never like get to talk to you about like your journey as a person and running and all that stuff. So if you could just humor me on this side of things and like, take me back to where you were in like, what the story was around like your running journey in the beginning.
1: For sure. So for me running, I used it originally as a weight loss tool. I was about halfway through a pretty significant weight loss journey back in college and was working at an overnight summer camp. And as a part of that job, I didn't have access to go to a big box gym. I had been visiting Planet Fitness and doing stuff on the elliptical and walking on a treadmill, et cetera. And so I was really determined to stay the course on this journey that I was on. And so I decided to do something that I thought would be not for me ever. Uh to mm. put this in perspective, growing up I ran this 5K in town with my dad. I want to say it was back maybe in like 2001, 2002, called the Great Pumpkin Classic and we came in Uh, last and second to last, I believe, in that 5K. When I was playing volleyball in high school, I didn't make the JV volleyball team because I couldn't run a mile in under 10 minutes, which in retrospect now, knowing what I know about the statistics of women in sport, that completely crushes my heart because for something like that to dissuade a young woman from staying active and moving her body Uh, is absolutely tragic. And Mm -hmm. my brother, I have one brother and he was the cross country athlete of the family. And I was the musical theater, uh, heavily involved in my youth group. And it just wasn't for me at that time. Uh, Mm -hmm. fast forward to college. When I mentioned, I picked up running halfway through this big transformation in my health and wellness routine and journey. Uh, I had stepped on a scale one night my freshman year and saw a number that literally knocked me off my feet. And I did something so counterintuitive to my nature at the time. And I put on a pair of sneakers and an old freshman volleyball sweatshirt from four years ago and sprinted down the street until I couldn't run anymore. And I just looked up at the sky and was like, I need to change my life. Like I don't want to feel like I am stuck in this body that doesn't even feel like it is mine. And so Fast forward to that summer working at the summer camp, I decided to start running every day after lunch. That was uh, what I thought was a whole mile. It turned out at the end of the summer that I measured the distance finally with my car and I had been running a half mile every day. And that (laughs) half mile actually took me 14 minutes, a half mile. So Candidly, uh, you know, in retrospect, I have absolutely no clue how that's possible uh, to this day. Could definitely walk about a half mile in 14 minutes, but it didn't really matter to me at the time because I was just going to blame it on your car. Exactly, I was so satisfied and content with the fact that I did something that I was made to feel that I would never excel at ever. And so not only was learning to love running that summer something that helped me on this journey with my own personal health and wellness goals, but it really transformed my life. Arguably that summer, learning to love running is a big part of the reason why I'm sitting here today doing what I'm doing. My whole career was shaped by an understanding that I am worthy of my own investment and that our own personal health and wellness is the most important thing that we can take care of so that not only we can take care of the people around us, but then we can do the things that really excite us in life. Uh,
0: so I think that that's, I mean, well, number one, that's awesome that you, um, that you came to that moment kind of on your own and, in and you, you did it your way, which is great. And, but it sounds like, I mean, it was like, it was a reframing of in a sort, um, But it wasn't on purpose, but wonder like what your thoughts are like on how folks can intentionally reframe some of what the society has set as standards that keep people away from doing something or anything. And it doesn't necessarily have to be um, from a physical standpoint, but that subtle reframe. I mean, it was like from a mile to a half mile, but the point was it kept you in it. And Mm -hmm. How, what, what could people do to reframe some of their hurdles um, to to help them get over that?
1: I see what you did there. Listen, like uh, <laughs> mental... For,
0: th- for, folks li- for folks listening, um, the Hurdle Podcast is, you know, it's like, it's, it's a pretty big deal.
1: It's a pretty big deal. You're so yeah. sweet to me. Uh, listen, reframing, there's just so much endless power and opportunity in that I actually, uh, you know, really came to understand that once i took a step back and started focusing on responding instead of reacting and reframing circumstances to understand that whatever it is good or bad that they're happening for me i was able to unlock a lot of my own personal potential and then as i said before really start to go after a lot of the things that excite me and align my passions with my purpose, right? And so when it comes to individuals, if I could offer advice on the reframe, it really is taking that step back, right? There are so many moments that we endure in the day-to-day that are emotionally charged, and it is easy to come at those moments from a place of feeling, a place of emotion, and then react. But what happens when you pause, and you take a step back is you allow yourself the clarity and the air, right, to breathe and think about a situation so that you can handle it in a way that you're proud of. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a health and wellness perspective, we're talking about how I was able to reframe that mile slash half mile and Mm -hmm. be proud of that instead of angry or feeling like I was slighted. Mm -hmm. I took a step back and I thought about what that experience really did for me. It didn't matter if it was a mile or a half mile because Mm -hmm. the end result was something that I was truly proud of. Not only had I built up this stamina that that distance felt very doable and actually enjoyable by the end of that summer. But I was able to continue along, like I said, with my other personal health and wellness goals. So often it is difficult when we're going after a certain goal because we have an outline of what we think it's supposed to entail, what we think is supposed to happen. But what happens when you're okay with maybe moving the goalposts? Mm -hmm. What happens when you're okay with pivoting from the plan? it is okay to pivot from the plan. I'll say that one more time. It is okay to pivot from the plan. And when you give yourself that grace and understand that whatever happens next is completely up to you. And if you stop shooting on yourself, then that is when you can really capture the magic of the reframe, right? You can understand that whatever is happening for you in that moment, for you in that moment, might not be as you planned, but that doesn't mean that you can't make good things happen with it.
0: Yeah, and, and I think uh, to add to that uh, is um, sometimes like the plan that we need to change isn't even our plan. You know, it's it's a plan that either someone else told us is the way that it's supposed to happen, or we just assumed that it's how everyone else, got there. So we make a plan like, well, this obviously is the path because it looks like that's what this person took. And I kind of like, as you were just like talking about that, I was thinking about sobriety in a sense for me, because for the longest time, I, the thought of sobriety or not drinking was, was, it was just this huge like undertaking, which I mean, it really is. But then it was, I was looking at it at from steps so far back from it that it looked, or actually too close where it looked so large, like where I just couldn't even make, I couldn't figure out any way into it. So my plan for like of action on those were always the wrong plan. You know, it wasn't for me. It was a plan that I thought made up the, this is obviously how you do it, but turned out that like literally one day at a time, which I never would have thought of like, you know, oh, just one day at a time. It's it, sometimes our, our plans are so elaborate and almost unattainable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank
1: you for sharing that. I think that what I'm hearing you say is the value of breaking things up into little doables, right? And mm-hmm. understanding that forward is a pace. And oftentimes we want things to happen in this nature that might feel, as you articulated so well, overwhelming or like too much. So what happens if you turn the dial back a little bit? What happens if you slow down and just focus on one small thing at a time and celebrate that win as it happens? Because the action of celebrating that win as it happens, that positive encouragement is going to give you the momentum that helps you stay on the path toward what that ultimate goal might be. Mm
0: hmm. So then so after but just to go back to back to like to your moment, you know, and once you what was it like for you after I know you said you're proud, you know, but like, what was it like? What did that momentum in the beginning feel like, even though it was just so early on in your process with running? But what did that feel like once you started moving after those moments of like, I can't believe I just did this?
1: Yeah, you know, I remember so distinctly, I believe it was after that summer, I was back at home uh, with my brother, who I mentioned really excelled with running from a young age. And we were at our local Planet Fitness together. And I remember that I got on this treadmill next to him and I was running and he was running and distinctly seeing the numbers on the tread in front of (laughs) me turn to 1.00. And this was the kid that growing up, whenever he really wanted to get under my skin, he would tease me. And he'd be like, go run a mile, not to diss his character, but this is just the stuff that happens with siblings. And I remember running that mile right next to him. And for me, it was such a profound moment, such a major life win to finally run a mile next to the person who made me feel as though I would never be capable of doing that. And he had no clue. He just like got off the treadmill, went off with, went on with his, whatever he was doing at the gym. And I was like, This is the thing. Like I felt so proud of myself and so truly aware of what was ahead of me and that this was really just the jumping off point, not even, or, you know, by any stretch of the imagination with running at that time, I had no idea what would truly be ahead of me with running, but more so I started to develop this unwavering sense of self-belief that I did not have before I learned the importance of investing in myself. And that is why to this day I do the work that I do on my personal mission of uplifting women and encouraging them to live healthier and happier and more motivated lives, because I know what happens when you get to a place where you can foster that unwavering sense of self-belief, where you can understand that you are worthy of your own investment. And there is nothing, absolutely nothing better than that.
0: So there's like this, like, I mean, I hear what, I hear what you're saying in a, in a, and I know that like, we all have our own struggles as we, you know, grow up and in different issues that we or may not even be issues, but things that we perceive as issues. Um, but for some reason, like I'm, I'm still hearing like this, like really strong, like person, you know, even like maybe even your weakest or weakest moment, because to to think that say like, look, if I had an older, like if my older sister, like always like made fun of certain things with with me, um, there's probably not a chance that I'm going to like get on a treadmill next to that person, you know? And so like, even just in that like small moment that probably you probably didn't really, I mean, I don't know what, sure what you thought about when you did it, but I'm like, oh, that's crazy that you got on the treadmill next to him because I, a lot of people would have never even taken that, that's that step. So like where and even the person that i know now is like is is taking on like this really this huge undertaking of of empowering other people um through your voice and your examples um where do you think if you're looking back on like on your upbringing like where do you think like that that like that that fearlessness um even when you were scared like when where did that come from
1: I think it's twofold. One, uh, I have really great parents who set a really great example for me. Uh, My mom went out of her way working the night shift at the hospital, putting her everything into going back to school to get her nursing degree and follow her passions and pursuits. And that was extremely motivating. And my father is an entrepreneur, very similar to the path that I took. He owns his own advertising and marketing company. And I saw him build that from the ground up. So I had a really strong example set within my parents. Uh, With that said... However, my parents did separate when I was 16 and divorced when I was 21, and so along that journey, despite the fact that they truly did everything and still do to this day, they show up for me in way, so many ways. I'm so grateful for both of them, uh, truly, but you know, that was something that kind of instilled in me that I needed to look out for myself. I've always been a really passionate and determined person. I I know that uh, I am accountable for my own actions. And so I've carried that along with me on my own journey. I also think that, you know, I, I look back and I've always been an outspoken leader of sorts. And again, I will attribute that to the way that I was brought up, always taught to speak my mind. And from a young age, I was going after things and chasing different dreams and, uh, doing things that really put me at the front of the room. By the time I graduated high school, I was one of uh, 50 regional presidents in the United States for an international youth group. And that involved me speaking in front of groups of four to 500 teens at one time. And that was just something that felt really second nature and exciting for me. And so I've always stepped into positions of leadership. And I believe that tenacity has empowered me to continue on this path to do so in an even bigger way as i continue forward and in, in what i'm building here with hurdle and beyond
0: so like if you would look back at the young young emily and some of the, like the some of the crazy things and ideas that you're pushing um like what's one that you look back that like if you could do it now you would like something that you were champion you know championing or um that was like a passion that you you know like i i think i used to want to be i just want to be a professional golfer at one point okay. but i don't know if i'd go back to do that <laughs> you know like, you know it's
1: crazy uh, because i don't know i didn't have like any outlandish dreams when i was young and candid excuse me candidly I think that some of my most outlandish dreams are things that I have now, and I don't even feel like they're that crazy. I think the things that I want uh, are big in nature and big in potential audience, but not unforeseeable considering the path that I'm going down. So as much as I appreciate your question, I think that Mm -hmm. I know that it starts with me and it starts with putting my big ideas and my big dreams into the world and uh I don't know I don't necessarily think there's anything that's too big I think you just have to have the guts and be brave enough to put it out into the universe
0: no no I hear that for sure um (laughs) and I know and I appreciate that it's just like because you could
1: totally be a golfer
0: (laughs) I mean I mean, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, it wasn't super far-fetched, but it's just like, because I figured for some reason, I just feel like, I feel like, and I picture you, I feel like you like at middle of lunch, like standing up on the lunch table and just like, you know, enough is enough. This is what we're doing. <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> I don't know I just, if I was that boisterous, Tommy, but I will say that. Um, a lot of my big dreams when I was younger, like I've accomplished them, which is kind of crazy. So like, I wanted to be a magazine editor and I did that in a couple of different capacities. Like I wanted to be on national television in the morning and I've like been on GMA, you know, there's just things that I've wanted to do that I've had, uh, the really great fortune of doing. And I almost think that as much as like, I felt at that time that those were big dreams and they were Mm. like, I'm dreaming a lot bigger now
0: that's dope though so what so for someone like you just as random for someone like you um that you know it's it's always kind of like moving forward and always like looking for the next thing the next thing to do and to accomplish and grow um how do you stay present to live in each moment that as it happens because it kind of pertains to like a lot of runners as well like you'll some people will PR today and like by the end of the day today, they're already like over that or it they could have appear faster or something like it's hard to be like right here. If you're a person mm-hmm. that's always looking forward, how do you yeah. manage that?
1: Good question. I would say the way that I am where my feet are is by focusing genuinely on one thing at a time. So right now I'm sitting down with you. You, Tommy, have my complete and undivided attention. That is a conscious choice that I make when I commit to things I commit with my whole heart. Now, to your point about being in a position where you might accomplish something and you're always thinking what's next, what's next, what's next. I am very much a person that is all about celebrating the small wins. And I think, again, that comes with the lessons that I learned along my own personal weight loss journey. And then as I got older, the lessons that I've learned both as an entrepreneur and working on my personal mental health, Mm -hmm. I've learned that big goals, as we talked about before, they don't happen overnight. And so who am I to push the pace on celebrating something that is a win in that moment. I know that doing that, celebrating those small wins along the way has empowered me to find successes beyond my wildest dreams. And Mm -hmm. I also know that my energy attracts like energy. So for me, to decide, okay, I'm going to be fully present here in this moment, that almost always means that whoever I'm choosing to be fully present with is going to be fully present back with me. And those are the kinds of relationships and conversations and moments that I want in my life. I want my life to be rich and full of so much goodness. And that goodness comes not only by being where my feet are, but but deciding that I'm going to come with a certain perspective and that perspective can be my superpower. Uh, Mm. I do understand and think that it's easy to get caught up again with what's going to happen next. Uh, But I would encourage you regardless of whatever it is that you're after, whether it is, for instance, a new mile PR or accomplishing finally, that marathon goal off of your bucket list, uh, to make time to be proud of you because that pride, that proudness, uh, it's going to empower you to be more brave moving forward. And it's going to help you remembering where you've been to set forth in your journey to where you want to be next.
0: I love that. And I appreciate that too. I mean, cause it's, it, I mean, I, most of the questions that I ask on my podcast are like stuff that I selfishly want to know for me. Um, okay. sorry. So thank you so much. I'm like taking mental note here. Um, but, you know, I think one of the things that that, that I've been like trying to do in my journey um, and every time I get a chance to speak is to kind of speaking from like, maybe not like sharing all of like the issue or like the, the mistakes I've made or anything like that, but just kind of speaking from that point and like to say like, hey, like I've been there before um, and you've had yeah it's called i mean the, the your podcast is called hurdle you know like so it's like you've you've t- in order to even go there to name something that in in it means so much to so many people just the word once you frame it, like oh this is like something that you overcome mm-hmm. what's and i know you've learned a lot of lessons like along the way but like what's something that um that seemed to be maybe a recurring thing that you had to like you know what like I've done this before like i've I've accom- i've I've gotten over this hurdle before. Um, it's the same thing. What's those like that reoccurring thing that you have to remind yourself?
1: Yeah, that's also a really great question. I think the biggest thing that I am constantly coming back to, is that this is how it is now and it is going to be different than it was 5 minutes ago and it's going to be different in 5 minutes from now so truly all I can do is the best that I can with what I have in this moment it's easy to get to this place where we want the things that we do not have that is human nature right to to want for more to strive for more but what happens if you focus on the now and focus on what you have with the tools that you have. That doesn't mean that you can't be sharpening your skill set or building yourself up to get new tools. What it means, though, is that you can approach situations strategically. I also think in this constant rat race of the comparison trap. It's easy really to get caught up with that idea, right? That idea that we want the things that we do not have. And I have just really gotten to this place where I've let that go. I also think that that mindset, that attitude empowers me and enables me to be really amped for so many other individuals when they're getting the things that they're after, when they get the things that they want, when they win. There's absolutely nothing I love more than seeing my people win. I think I literally tweeted that earlier today. I love seeing my friends succeed because I am someone that truly believes that there is room for all of us at the table if you have the tenacity to pull up your own seat. And for me, when I think about the hurdles that I've gone through personally, it's knowing that in the tough moments, that tough moment isn't going to last forever. And if you can focus on just taking one small step and then another small step, And another small step, again, with this theme that it's not all going to happen at once, that's okay. But accepting where you are and knowing that you have the power, the influence, the decision-making tools, everything you need inside of you to move forward and get closer to where you want to be, that's the good stuff. That's where it really begins.
0: I don't even know how to follow that up. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like over here. The podcast is called
1: Hurdle, Tommy.
0: Heck, it's, it's over. It's done. I don't, I have no more questions because you've, you've nailed it. You're, yeah. I mean, it's like, cause it's, it's, I mean, cause I, I feel like, you know, we're both on social media, you know, like, I mean, it's part of like what, who we are, and what we are is uh, or how we present to the world, the things that we're doing and sharing. Um, but it's just, so, it's so built, um, to admire what other people are doing. Um, some are able to approach it in a healthy way and use it as motivation or just a way to, you know, uh, support other people. But then it's so easily like it slides so easily into that. Like someone else is doing something better than me um, because of the follower account, because of the likes and the whatevers, you know? Um, So it's just, I, I just love your answer in that, like where it's, it's, it, I mean, it really just all comes back to what you said about being present in this conversation. You know, like it's being where your feet are is such a simple statement to make, but it is so, it can be so hard to do in the world that we live in.
1: Totally. And that's understandable, right? Every single person struggles with that. Just because I'm sitting here and telling you that I really do diligently work to be where my feet are and be present, that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be moments when I slip up. But what it does mean is that I have more of a keen sense of awareness of when I'm not being fully present. Mm-hmm. And then I can do that inquisition. I can ask myself, yo, what's up? Why are you being like this? What's going on in your life? And why are, where, where, <clears throat> excuse me, can you reel it in. Because in those moments, that's not when I want to be doing a thousand things at once. That's when I know that I need to reflect and look inward so that I can be the person who I want to be the person that I know that when I walk out of a room, I'm leaving the impression and I'm coming there with my values. And I'm being the person that I want to be who I want to present as and the woman that I am to my core.
0: How do you catch that? Like, how do you um, like what emotions or feelings are mm-hmm. like for you? Does that like the trigger, like the, oh, wait a minute. I'm not, I'm not here. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm
1: so riled up. <clears throat> no, yeah.
0: Yeah, no. You were like, oh, like okay, slow I'm down. I'm not just man. trying like,
1: to clear my throat here. I just, you just
0: got all of a sudden too <laughs> Let passionate. me clear my
1: throat to tell you about my feelings. Chill, out. Um, chill, chill. I would say what comes up for me is I'll notice that my mind is drifting and that's the first step Or the first sign that something is going on in my presence, in my being, in my life that I'm trying to avoid. Mm. What I have learned so much about the myself over the past few years of putting in the work on my mental health and working one-on-one with a life coach is that when I am not fully present somewhere, it's because I'm choosing not to feel somewhere else in my life. And then that's like impacting where I'm at. Feeling is the key to getting where you want to be. Feeling is the key to getting where you want to be. And what I mean by saying that is that when you choose to feel your emotions wholeheartedly, it allows you to be fully present ultimately. So it may be a moment that you do need to pause and reflect with someone you're with and reflect on how you are feeling in this moment and and what's going on in a certain conversation. But what I see is when I don't take the time to reflect on my emotions, allow myself to feel in a moment, then that will trickle down the line and I will not be able to be fully present until I take that time for myself. Now, for me, what that means is I need to be really diligent with my routines. I have a very strict morning routine that has been essentially the same for a better part of the last four years since the beginning of the pandemic. And for me, that morning routine is the classic example of putting my oxygen mask on so that I can help everybody else. That morning routine is the thing that enables me to be more present in my day to day and show up not only again for the people that I care about, but also the people that I care about within my community digitally.
0: um so yeah feeling is the the the, what you said about feeling is the key to getting where you want to be is is crazy because um crazy in a good way um because it's like every time that i feel every time that like sometimes we we let like the norm like the normalizing of all these different random feelings like anxiety and and, and depression and like happy, sad, all these other things, we kind of like gloss over that we're feeling them and don't use them as like a key or a sign to like, oh, there's something else wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're, we're, we're very quick. Um, or I'm very quick. I'll speak for myself. I'm very quick to place my feeling in that moment on something totally different until like, I really try to pull back present and say, okay, like, you know, why am I feeling this, this, sadness or anxious feeling. And mm-hmm. typically it's, it's just like you said, it's because I'm trying to avoid something else or, or I've put something off or, or it's lingering in the subconscious somewhere. And it's causing me to not be able to be here, to be able to have fun, to be able to like sit and work and do what I want to do. Um, so I just love, I loved your answer on that because it's like, it's, it's so true. Like if you, if you really tap into like, watch your feelings, cause we just don't, so many te- so many people just don't watch their feelings at all. It's yeah. just supposed to happen, you know? Um, and I love the fact that you said you have control. Cause one of the things in sobriety that it was huge for me is like the, the concept of just control what you can control. And that's only you. Like, that's all you can like, you can't, I can't even, I can't make you mad right now. If I want, I could try, you know, you could let me if you want, but um, we have control over so much within ourselves and we just have to realize that.
1: Yeah, that that word that you just said, you could let me if you want, right? So we each individually get to choose how we respond to our thoughts. And we may feel some kind of way at times. But having the general understanding that we are not our feelings, that is the like iron in the fire right that is the thing the takeaway that's going to help you go back to this concept that we were talking about earlier of respond versus react
0: do you do you meditate
1: of course i meditate
0: Okay, dope, dope. Is that part like? Is that part of I me? Mean, you don't have to go down your morning routine unless you want to, but is that part of your morning routine? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's part of the morning routine. Uh, for me, it's either like a three to five minute breath work meditation situation. I use the open app. I've really come to love it. And uh, a dear friend of mine is one of the co-founder, Manoj Dias. And then uh, after I do my breath work, I sit down and I write a page in my journal and end that brain dump of sorts with a highlight from the last 24 hours, a thing that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then I get ready and I make my bed and head down to the gym, typically in my building or out for a run, depending on what's on the schedule for the day. And then once that's done, it's kind of like really getting into the swing of things with the morning routine. If I haven't left the house yet, I'll definitely go out for like at least a 15 or 20 minute walk before I come back inside, make some more coffee, uh, shake up athletic green shower and get the, uh, and get the workday started.
0: Do you touch your phone at any any point?
1: (laughs) That has been like an ever evolving process. My goal is to not touch the phone until after the journaling is done, but Mm. it gets a little sticky because I do love the open app so much. uh, And that is conventionally on my phone. So what I have done is I have an iPad that I'll use to play the breathwork from the open app. And that Mm. iPad, it's like kind of how your bedroom should be used just for sleep. Like that iPad is basically used just for open and then to watch Netflix in the bathtub
0: okay all right <laughs> but yeah so like yeah either way um I so i had um uh, aaron azar on the podcast and very funny person and but somehow like the first like 20 minutes were like talking about morning routines and i have nothing you know <laughs> like I, i've got nothing and and i know I, i'm very aware that i need one and i'm because it's the second time that's come up very heavily on the podcast I feel like I need to figure out how to how to make this happen. This um, is a
1: frequent inquiry. So I'll ask yeah. you, why do you feel like it's important?
0: Um, I feel like it's important because it, to me, life is just so, it can be so fast paced and so reactive that the only thing I can control or some one of the things I can control is starting my day off in a much more controllable way okay um and looking at it more of like a foundation to a day uh and you get to try to reset that foundation or even if you do it you don't do it as to as to plan or whatever but there's some some attempt to start the day off with a solid foundation or on the right foot so to speak
1: so what uh, i'm hearing you say is that a morning routine could be beneficial for you yeah a
0: 100 percent.
1: okay and what aspects of your overall routine right now do you feel as though could fit into a morning routine?
0: Um, so here's so I'll tell you where I'm at with it right now. So I in the last like couple of weeks, what I've tried to do and get be more strategic with it is getting out of the bed, doing all of like the morning stuff, like brushing teeth, doing that shower thing and all that without touching my phone because my phone is very close to me you know and it's 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 i have like all these reasons and these excuses of why i have to touch the phone first thing as soon as i wake up but i've been trying to make sure that i can separate or like distance myself from it in the morning Mm -hmm. and then i stretch because part of like my life as a runner is um i swear that i'm too busy to stretch and i feel like that shows up in you know, and running in some way. So I've been doing that lately is trying to make sure that I get up, get moving, try not to touch the phone as long as possible, um, and then stretch. And that's where I'm at right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really stellar way to start your day. It sounds like you have a why as to why these things are important to you. I would uh, commend you on knowing that stretching is actually tied to your bigger why. I think that's like really great. And I would encourage you then you you were using a lot of that should language on like I shouldn't, Don't shouldn't touch my shouldn't phone. On myself.
0: Don't shouldn't on So myself. I'm sorry. so
1: <laughs> come back and maybe take some time to write down a few reasons why not touching your phone for the first 15 to 20 minutes of your day is something that is meaningful for you. And that goes really hand in hand with any of the things you could throw at me that you want to integrate into your morning routine. If you're just doing breathwork, stretching, journaling, drinking mushroom coffee because you saw the next influencer do that on Instagram. Yeah, that's not a why. You have to have a personal relationship with the things that you want to implement into your ritual every day. Knowing that that word ritual, this is a routine. This is something that should be sacred to you. This is something that should be a priority for you. And when you can do that and articulate your why more clearly, then that is something that you're more likely to stick with going forward.
0: When, when did you start journaling?
1: I definitely, I've journaled for as long as I can remember. I mean, even growing up, I had notebooks that I stashed and it hid in my closet from my parents. Uh, the journaling in the way that I do it now, these days, I would say I've been on this grind for about maybe like five or so years. Uh, and I want to caveat that and give it some air, give it some grace to those that want a journaling practice and are shooting on themselves about it or have had one in the past and have fallen off. Know that it's always there for you to come back to and that your practice doesn't have to look the exact same every day. So I'd be remiss if I said that every single day it's a full page and a gratitude that's, Mm -hmm you know, in my head, what I would love for it to look like. But some days I know that I've got to get out the door or some days I might wake up and candidly have had like an extra glass of red wine the night before. And I'm like, oh, I just don't know if I have the emotional bandwidth to do this whole page right now. And in those moments, the journaling might look a little bit different. Maybe it's just one gratitude, one sentence, but taking the time to write one thing down, to write something down is me consciously making the choice every morning to get up and choose myself. And if I get up and choose myself, then again, I know that I can show up better for the people that I care about, and then I'm gonna make other decisions as the day goes on that are me choosing myself, that are me benefiting myself, which are me putting into motion the things that matter, so that I can be my best self.
0: That's so the choosing of your the choosing yourself is 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 a is huge, Um, and I think that's. That's if you ask me the question again, say, hey, like, you know, why why is it important? Because I know that choosing yourself to start your day and choosing to take care of yourself to start your day is the best way to go out into the world. Um, right. I always go back to sobriety because I just learned so much in that, you know, in that um, in that journey in this journey um, where, like, I thought that I was getting sober for other people. And it was I mean, some really great whys. Um, and I think that kind of leans back to a lot of people's why sometimes where it's a little harder to hold on to it um, because it feels selfish to have your why or a reason why you're doing a really big thing to be just about you, for, first and foremost. But someone told me in one of the one of the meetings, they're like, hey, um, you can't get sober for your kids or your family or anything. You have to get sober for you because everything can go away and it's still just going to be you. Mm -hmm. So you have to do things for yourself. And so starting off your day with you in mind first um, is huge. And I think that you just helped me place what i made one of the biggest decisions in my life um, for, you helped me place that on something as, I'm going to air quote, small as a morning routine. So thank you for that.
1: Happy to help. Always happy to help.
0: All right, we're gonna we're gonna fake in the podcast a 100 times. Um, (laughs) But um, one of the things that like that, that I want to ask too, just to kind of stick with where we're at right now. um, If I wanted to start a journaling practice, seems simple. But how would you suggest one get started on that?
1: Yeah, start small. I think we've really hammered in this theme today that it's okay to dream really big and think really big and have really hairy, big, crazy goals. But know that in order to get to that mountaintop, you're going to have to start hiking one step one breath, one movement at a time, right? So if you want to get started with a journaling practice, make it as easy as possible for you. You want to take the decisions out of it so that you can reduce that decision fatigue. And what I mean by that is the more decisions that you have to make when you're trying to implement a new habit or work toward a new goal, the less likely you are going to be able to continue on that path because it gets tiring to continually put forth new decisions to get to the thing that you quote unquote want to do, even if you have a strong why. So start small. Maybe it's getting a guided journal, journals that have prompts and you decide to answer one prompt every single day. Maybe it is literally writing down one thing that you are grateful for at the exact same time every single day. Take as many of the decisions out of that process as possible so that you can make accomplishing your goal something that is actually attainable. And then you can feel free to, you know, ebb, flow, shift, pivot from there, right? Because once you make... That habit, a habit. Once you get into the act of regularly journaling, you might be able to expand a little bit. Similar to something like meditation, right? I recently had young Pueblo, Diego Perez, on the show, and Diego meditates one hour in the morning and one hour in the evening. That isn't yeah. something that happened from the moment he decided that he wanted to invest in himself and start a meditation practice. Yeah. That right. happened over years and years and years of practice. And now it is a practice that he truly cannot go a single day day without, not because he always wants to do it, but because he knows that that practice foundationally makes him who he is and will help him continue on the journey to who he wants to be. So start small, don't should yourself, have a strong why and make it as accessible as possible, taking the decision fatigue out of it.
0: It, That's huge because like, I'm glad that you talked about the the one hour and meditating one hour in in the morning, one hour in the evening, because like you, like you said there's no there's in no world did he start doing that you know um day 1 and then Definitely just not. somehow made it happen yeah. every day um and I, I we i all of us think that the way we're doing it is too small and maybe it's just incon- in- insignificant you know and so like it's like going to the gym like sometimes we we don't even go to the gym because we know we have to be there for an hour and a half two hours and we have to lift every weight twice at least in the whole gym. <laughs> and and so and I've heard people say like, hey, you know, just to get started, you know, if it's literally just go to the gym to walk in, change your clothes and walk on the treadmill for 10 minutes and that's all you have. And you but you can do you think you can do that how many ever times a week that you say you want to go to the gym, do that first.
1: Hey, it's and 40, it's 40 minutes. If you do it four times a week, that's 40 minutes more than you had when you started.
0: A hundred percent. And and I think that like for to hear someone say it, in the way that you you know compared to his meditation journey um is is huge and helpful because it's so our end goals sometimes are so big and scary that we it's almost like we can't break it down because how am i ever going to get there
1: yeah for sure
0: yeah um so let's jump to let's jump or we're all over the place i guess um to hurdle L- when did hurdles start but when did the name? What? Well, how did it happen? Just tell me. Yeah, for sure.
1: Hurdle started uh, at the very, very top of 2018. I'm almost at our sixth birthday, which is absolutely crazy. What the, what's uh, the
0: date? What's the uh, date?
1: It's Jan one. I mean, technically, it's December 31st, uh, okay. 2017, but Jan one, 2018. Uh, launched in the iTunes store with three different episodes. Uh, my episode, my first foundational episode, uh, an episode with Alex Silver Silverfagan, who uh, is a strength coach behind the concept flow into Strong, and then an episode with my mentor, friend, Fred Santarpia, who used to be the chief digital officer at Conde Nast. And Hurdle started because I myself was coming out of a really difficult time personally. I was sitting on the floor of my apartment with a girlfriend at the time. And I said this sentence, which changed everything, which was, I just so desperately want to get over this hurdle. And I'd been thinking of starting a podcast for some time, but once the word hurdle came out of my mouth, uh, combining my vested interest for health and wellness, my editorial background, and uh, this true sense of self-belief that The difficult moments in life are the ones that teach us the most and that we have the opportunity to move forward from these difficult moments, better people than we were when we started getting over that hurdle. When we were on the Mm -hmm. other side of that hurdle, Uh, I was able to kind of combine all of that into the concept for this show. And six years later, I've got listeners in more than 215 countries. The show is Mm -hmm. at over 9 million downloads, and I've been able to make a career out of following my passion, talking to individuals that inspire me every single day and cultivating a broader community, uh, empowering them to go after whatever health looks like for them.
0: Well, well, congratulations. Number one on six years on, on approaching six years. And then congratulations for like being in a moment that, uh, was difficult for you and to let, uh, let one sentence, uh, change your life. You know, and and use that to to start something that not only helps your yourself, um, but helps millions of people. So Yeah, what's like, the
1: song that's like every new beginning comes from some other beginnings end?
0: I don't know. Was it Tupac? It's definitely, <laughs> no, I not it. Tupac. definitely not
1: Tupac. <laughs> um, uh, it's, I'm not the sure. melody is in my head, but basically what, sing what it, I'm trying sing it. to say is no, it's it. not th- this voice, it sounds great on a microphone in a spoken <laughs> word, but it has no vocal quality whatsoever when it comes no. to holding a tune.
0: Uh, I what you. I will
1: say is that every hard moment, let's talk about a reframe, right? Every hard mm-hmm. moment we have the opportunity to truly come back into ourselves and ask ourselves, what is it that we want to learn here? What is it that we want to get out of this? Why is this happening for me? It's shifting from that victim mindset into that growth mindset. And it's not an easy shift to make. It's not an easy choice to choose that you want to look for the bright side, that you want to get through this so that you can come out and emerge on a new beginning. But we only get the opportunity to be a beginner once, right? So why not take that opportunity um, and really use it to the most of your advantage?
0: When you said, um, you know, you look at the, try to look at the bright side of things or of a situation, I think um, to someone that like has heard that like their whole lives, what how do you make that actionable? Like, how do you take that? Cause there's a lot of times where it's just like, Oh, look at the bright side, but it's no learning moment there to change like it from just seeing that there's, Oh, well maybe I met this new person because of it or whatever. How do you take ch- take that moment to make it actionable to actually make it a moment of change?
1: Yeah. At the foundation, I said this before energy attracts like energy. So asking yourself, like, what is it that I want from my life? Full stop. Like, what is it that I want from my life? Do I want to be the person that lingers in the malaise of being upset, frustrated, sad, disgruntled? No, that's not who I want to be. That doesn't mean and make sure that you hear me when I say this. It does not mean that you will not feel that way. Going through difficult moments is hard. You are completely entitled to be in your feelings, but you are also worthy, go back to this theme, of your own investment. So when the tough stuff happens, allow yourself to feel however you want to feel and then know that you are worthy of your own investment to get up and move forward and embrace your new beginning. You are worthy of that. And when you truly believe that, when we go through those hard moments, we don't learn a lot from... The moments where we're thriving and smooth sailing, right? That's not what happens. We learn from the moments that knock us down, we learn from these hurdles. So, if you want to embrace the this is happening for me, there will be more ahead of me mindset, it starts with you. It starts by understanding that you are worthy of that positive energy. And again, the feelings are going to come, they're all going to come, but knowing that you get to respond to how you think. Mm. you get to move forward. You get to co- consciously make that choice. That's really, really powerful.
0: Thanks for, thanks for addressing like that, the feelings um, and the thoughts will be there still. Um, because there's so many, like if someone, someone listens to your, to hurdle and they've been listening for, well, if they are, if they've been listening to you, then they already kind of know how you feel about this. But if they see you and they like, they admire you. And they, they just imagine that there's, you don't feel that. You know, like there's, you know, successful people. They don't. They're they're never lazy. They don't ever want to um, just sit on the couch and do and do do nothing. Or they never have bad days because everything they're so strong. Um, so I lo- I love that you. It's not just go do. It's just like you're going to have moments when you don't want to do anything. You are scared. You are sad. You are upset with yourself. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's where you have to stay. And I I, I love that. Thank Definitely. You. Yeah. Um, what's, you know, you stay hurdles of business straight up, you know, it's like, it's, uh, you, you are an entrepreneur for sure. Um, so like, what are like some of the, what was the, one of the hardest diff? Like, what was the hardest time for you in this process for hurdle that, um, that you maybe just didn't foresee being an issue?
1: Yeah. Uh, I would definitely go to the pandemic before the pandemic. I had only recorded three episodes, I believe remotely of the show, I was not, uh, prepared to dive into this side of things. And now I would say I record a majority of my episodes remotely. And so being forced to learn how to do something differently, this was a really good example for me of knowing that I'm in control of what happens next. I wasn't going to play the victim. We were all in a really difficult situation, Uh, enduring and navigating something that none of us had ever endured or navigated before. And so I did the best I could with what I had and made a pledge to myself that I would learn and I would move forward and I would embrace and were those first few episodes that I recorded during the pandemic, like the best audio quality episodes of hurdle ever. Of course not. (laughs) But I will never forget when a microphone died once when I was in Los Angeles, well before the pandemic, I was doing a recording with GT Dave of GT's kombucha. And he was coming to my hotel at the 60 in Beverly Hills. And my microphone cord just completely shit the bed right before he showed up. And I called my dad and I was panicked. And my dad said, Emily, people are going to listen to a high quality conversation, regardless of the audio quality every Mm -hmm. time over a high quality audio conversation that is absolutely worthless and without takeaway. And so I brought that with me, that lesson into the pandemic. And I was able to really pivot and then learn a ton about myself, a ton about continuing on a ton about remote audio engineering. And that was really huge,
0: man. I like your dad. He's cool. Um, he's a dope if, you guy. Could just, if you could just go send me, like you send me his, his phone number. So whenever I need help, I'll just text him. Cause if he's got stuff like he that, might start just
1: charging, like- he might start charging
0: fine. You know, like, (laughs) like you mentioned, you mentioned life coach earlier. So like, Hey, he might be in, in a good business. Um, what is one thing that you've learned about yourself since 2020? Um, when you made that pivot in this process,
1: I would say that there is endless opportunity. I really started hurdle, uh, with the intent of it being a side project to my freelance writing career. Uh, and over time I realized that there was just so much more opportunity than that. And if I don't act on my idea, if I don't make an ask, then that is only on me. There has been so much no in building, hurdle, not only in pitching guests, securing guests and having to deal with that, knowing that a no is not personal. Sometimes it's simply a conflict or maybe just the, not the right time. Uh, So getting over my ego, putting my ego away and just shooting for the stars and seeing what sticks Uh, That has truly been my superpower. That is something that I have really learned over the last few years is knowing that uh, behind every no, there's another yes that's just waiting. And I owe it to myself to keep on going in pursuit of the things that are for me, that are the yes.
0: So like when – have you ever been the person that is like – I mean, cause you mentioned like letting that, letting your ego go a bit there. Were you ever, were you were you that person that like sees what they want um, and just never stops like here's we're going this direction and this is the only direction.
1: Now I'm okay with changing the goalposts, okay. moving the goalposts, pivoting the plan. I think that uh, there is value in like having big goals and chasing that one thing, but there's also A lot of worth and being a realist and knowing when it's time to take a break, maybe press pause for a little bit, pursue something else. And if you want to go back to it, if it feels right for you in another moment, then hey, go back to it in another moment. But know that there are a lot of different avenues, a lot of different paths to go down. You go out for a trail run, there's a lot of different trails to pick from. And so I know that whatever path I go down is the one that's meant for me. And I'll just kind of line up my ducks from there.
0: So, I mean, you've, you've interviewed a lot of people um, over the years. Um, and do you feel like that, uh, the the flexibility there and like the willingness to kind of take what's coming to them at the moment, um, do you feel like that's a consistent theme in success?
1: Can you rephrase that for me one more time? So,
0: the when I, when, like we've kind of talked about like what we envision people, successful people to be, we think that they are that person where it's like takes never takes no for an answer and has a vision and sees it through. And it's a straight line to where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, how often is that not the case in like how you said that you're able to pivot and able to move around and be flexible? Um, yeah.
1: I don't know a lot of people who, you know, I look at and think that they're very successful that had like a straight lateral Lateral, a straight line to like where they are now, right? Like yeah. there's hills and there's valleys and there's canals and they've had to ford it. Like it's just never been easy for anyone. No one is handed success, especially the people that I truly look up to. And so uh, I do think that it's uh, the one thing that's in common with these people is that they had the tenacity and they were brave enough not to give up. Uh, and know that, you know, just because something doesn't look as you envisioned, it doesn't mean that there isn't something really positive for you on the other side.
0: Yes. I I think that that, that's super helpful because it's like, we think that just like how you said, you thought you, you confirmed that the feelings and thoughts will always be there. Um, there's, they will pop up that, you know, um, and don't judge those feelings or thoughts. Same applies to sometimes we get hit with a, with a hurdle uh, or an obstacle that we feel is we should not have had to go through. Mm -hmm. So like, oh, this must mean I'm, this is the wrong thing for me. And I'll either give up or just change course totally. Um, But more often than not, it seems to mean that you just have to figure out how to learn in that moment and kind of keep moving forward. For sure. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So like I've been, I've honestly, you've been so, um, so kind to me. Um, like through Instagram and then the times that we've run into each other. And I appreciate what you mean to so many people. And the fact that you went at it, like I said, from the beginning that you went at, you started this journey um, in a moment that you were looking for help on your own, that turned into you helping so many other people in particular, um, empowering women to just, not to start on a journey, but just to know that they're number one, not alone in this journey and how to like navigate certain things every day that just seem so can seem small, but they're huge to to us. So thank you so much for all that you do in this space and running, but then also in a in a broader um scope as well.
1: For sure. I uh it feels like a privilege. I feel as though I have this Wonderful opportunity every day to help someone somewhere feel less alone in whatever it is that they're going through. And I know that that is a really a big driver for the work that so many of us, uh, including yourself, do regularly. It's letting the person know who feels like maybe they're at their lowest or they're going through that difficult time that there's hope, there is light on the other side, and that we can be better people for going through those hurdles. So I appreciate you for saying that. I do.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I was going to ask you a closing question, but I think that that's that's the theme, you know, is. Yeah. um, So I appreciate you. Thank you. And if you're listening to this podcast immediately, if you're if you're out, if you're not out of your mind, you should already be following and subscribe to the hurdle podcast. Go do that right now. And love you guys. Make sure you run, eat, sleep, repeat and keep getting over those hurdles. Do it. Yo, that's that episode done thank you so much Emily like I said if you were listening to this whole pod if you're on a run hopefully you remembered some of the things that were just truly inspirational and things and ways and tools that you can use to take yourself to the next step and next level and or reset and do some other things or change your narrative or, or I, I don't know it's just yeah I like literally felt like i needed to change my whole life listening and like talking to emily so uh, hopefully you enjoyed it tap in make sure you follow emily on instagram make sure you go subscribe to the hurdle podcast if you don't already uh and listen to all the, all of her episodes she has way more than we do over here at the Run, Eat sleep show but i guarantee you every single one is worth it go check them out thank you so much for listening subscribe to the running sleep show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to love you see you soon